0: Hello, and welcome to Time of Death. I'm your host, Dee. And I'm Ritz. And tonight, we're here to really tell you some, probably the most twisted case that I've encountered thus far. I'm very excited to hear. Yes, I gave Mom some spoilers. I did not give you any. I um, know. No matter how much I try to get you to talk to me, you won't. Yes, it's uh, I'm Fort Knox when it comes to these cases, apparently. So, Rist, do you want to give them the your little, your usual spiel? Yes, I can. For those of you who are new here, welcome. We are Time of Death. We are a podcast that consists of two nurses. We have medical and psychiatric experience, and we like to delve into true crime cases that either focus around medical professionals or have a significant medical background. So. This is episode 17, DS case, and we are going to head right in 17, right? Yeah. It's I I I'm like can say that confidently with 80% certainty. So, for this case, I am a purist, so I do have a piece of paper or papers, I mm-hmm. should say, with the case. So if you hear any like weird pages turning, it's just I'm shuffling I'm dribbling, shuffling, doing my thing. <laughs> so let's get into it. Okay. So we have some international listeners. Shout out to you. Shout out. Wink, wink. <laughs> so I wanted to cover this case. It kind of stumbled in my lap. I was scrolling to Facebook because I am a true-hearted millennial. Yeah, Facebook is becoming a little bit more obsolete these days, I feel like. Listen, I've been rocking with Facebook since 2011, so you cannot tell me nothing, okay? Oh my Facebook God. Facebook is a constant. I had the MySpace back in the day. I remember. My little scene phase, MySpace mm-hmm. with the promiscuous girl playing as my iconic. I truly, what was the name? Lady D? I think Lady, Lady D. Lady D. Lady D. Um, and it had all the like oh yeah <laughs> uh, what's that called? The little Cryptic symbol? at symbol for an A. Dude, I was in eighth grade and I was wild. Lady <laughs> D. Lady D. That should be the new code name for me. Like, hey, we are rocking with Lady D and Riz. Yes. But anyways, on a more serious note, so I was scrolling and I stumbled across this case because the algorithm is alive and well about the bedsit murders Mm i've never heard of it so i'm about to give you the 411 on the sitch and we will get into it all right i'm ready so the bedsit murders and shout out to all our our international gals and guys from england oh okay there's like three of you so shout out to those three shout out we love you (laughs) we love you love forever so, the Beds Murders was a cold case for three decades. Mm-hmm. It was actually one of the United Kingdom's longest unsolved double homicide. Double? Double. And due to advancements made in technology, the killer was identified, which helped a depraved monster be held responsible for his crime. That's what I like to hear. Uh trigger warning, this is very disturbing. This is actually, I think, the most disturbing case that I have encountered personally. Mm. So either I think that is definitely saying something. There are fortunately no baby murderers in this tale. Good. Um, it's still pretty pretty twisted. So if that's not for you tonight, then we'll just see you in the next episode. Thank you, Riss. So this takes place in Turnbridge Wells. In Kent, this part of the United Kingdom, and this has a population of about 50,000 people. It's a quiet town, quaint, picturesque, what you normally would picture of like cute little England. In this town, June 23rd, 1987, 25 year old Wendy Nell is found in her apartment. She had spent the previous night with her fiance, his name is Ian Plass and they had stayed at his apartment so i guess she did not go to work that morning that next morning and they were concerned so they did like a their kind of a wellness check and called her her fiance ian and he went to her apartment and he's like what's going on wendy so i guess he had looked through a window and saw her in bed so he like was calling, like, trying everything he can to get her to open the door. He figured she was sick. Mm-hmm. He was concerned for her safety. So he went in and he found her body. Oh, no. Wait, so they were together the night before she had slept over his house. And then in the morning? She had gone back to her apartment, I guess. Okay. And she did not come. Go to work that to day. To work. Okay. So that was, like, the red flag. So... He found her body bloody, battered, naked, and she had been strangled. The coroner found that she had been sexually assaulted after her death as well. Post-mortem, she was assaulted? Yeah. Okay. There was no signs of forced entry, and that led the investigators to believe that the killer had entered through, like, a window, and he just waited for Wendy to come home. Mm. So... What I thought was also very bizarre is that her killer took her diary that she had at home. They really didn't find much in terms of evidence. They did have one fingerprint and a shoe print. However, there were really no other leads. The town was very scared and it was like very unprecedented for something like this to happen in this town. Mm -hmm. Like it, it was like. Your typical small town kind of vibe. Yeah. And this poor girl is brutally murdered. So, in November, specifically the 24th, the same year, 1987, 20-year-old Caroline Pierce was abducted from her apartment. And she lived one mile away from Wendy's house. Mm. So, neighbors reported hearing screams around midnight. And... Three weeks later, after she was a missing person, her body was found in Grobsner Park, which is located in Turnbridge Wells. Um, She was found in a drainage ditch. She was also naked, bloody, strangled, and she had been sexually assaulted after death. Okay. So police in this case highly suspected that the same killer had murdered both of these girls. This was the same kind of M.O., the two girls even look alike, they're both brunette, and the killer had taken their keychains as souvenirs. And the first girl's diary. Yes. So he likes mementos. Well, this is the thing. So I think there might be another reason he took the diary, but we'll get more into that. Okay. But he had taken these keychains specifically as souvenirs. Both of the girls, Wendy and Caroline, worked on the same street. They lived a mile apart, they were in their 20s, they had dark hair, and um, they had both reported a prowler uh, shortly before their murders. So both of them said, oh, we have someone, like, shady, walking around? Yeah, they had reported that there was someone, like, prowling around their building.
1: And That's interesting
0: that both of them reported it. Yeah, and some of Wendy's neighbors also reported seeing a prowler around her apartment. Mm. So... Unfortunately, there were really no leads for the case. The trail went cold and there were no suspects identified, no arrests made. So it's kind of an end. Yeah, just up in the air. 34 years go by and during their case, both Wendy and Caroline, they were obviously sexually assaulted postmortem and DNA samples had been obtained from Mm. both of their bodies in 1986, literally one year before this happened, DNA was introduced as evidence. If these two murders had taken place the year before, they may have not collected this DNA, mm-hmm. which ends up being instrumental in catching this killer. So the timing, I think, was powerful. Mm-hmm. And I think it was it was just something that they didn't really understand at that point. But... They knew at some point DNA was going to be something that was invaluable in a lot of these investigations. Was Caroline sexually assaulted, too? Post-mortem as well? Yeah. Okay. So, just from my own independent research that I looked this up, in 1995, the UK established its National DNA Database. Before that, yes, they would collect DNA from the cases. But now they had something to compare a lot of these samples to. So especially like repeat offenders, this was something that was critically important because you can connect or collect all the DNA that you want. If you're not able to identify the person, Mm -hmm. it's not helpful. So this database was a huge step um, throughout the world in helping bring justice to not only Caroline and Wendy, A lot of other victims. And you can connect those cases from case, you know what I mean? Like you can see Mm -hmm. the same DNA is present for both Caroline and Wendy. So in 1999, they were able to create a full DNA profile of the killer. However, there was no DNA to link it to other cases in that same database that we just mentioned. Mm And in 2019, They were able to identify potential relatives of the individual whose DNA they had collected. And it came down to 19 people. Wow. So slowly but surely, they chipped away and they were able to create like sequences, whole genome. And then, okay, we're cutting it down to a thousand and 19. So they're working their way down to really get this to the one guy who did this. So I want to introduce David Fuller. At this time, David, uh, in 2019, is a 66-year-old man. He's a dad. He has three kids. He just seems like a normal guy. He watches birds in his spare time. He's a bird watcher. He's interested in photography. He's a cyclist. And at that time, was a retired electrician at Kent and Sussex Hospital, as well as previously working at Turnbridge Wells Hospital. So, I watched the body cam video where the police enter this individual's house, David's house, and they charge him or arrest him for the murder of Caroline and Wendy. And this was in his home in Heathsville, which is about 40 miles away from Turnbridge Wells. So, he denied murdering the two girls. However, DNA linked him to both murders. With a certainty of 1 billion to 1. So this is clearly the guy. Mm -hmm. Plus, his fingerprint was a positive match to the fingerprint that was found at Wendy's apartment. I think this was really cool. They were also able to identify the same tread of the shoe found at Wendy's apartment to pictures of him from the 80s wearing these shoes. Oh my goodness.
1: So it was That's like, like a from a very movie.
0: high tech kind of thing. Yeah. So there's a lot of software involved and they were able to do that. And I thought that was so cool and interesting. That is cool. You know what? I was listening to a true crime podcast that I like. Rotten Mango. I probably have brought her up before because <laughs> I love her. But she was talking about the other day how there are podiatrists that work with the FBI to solve Murders and other crimes, and they are able to look at footprints and like match it up with a gate to see how someone's walking, like if they walk with a limp or if you know, like that those kinds of tiny details that you don't really think about, and it goes really in depth. But I was like, wow, they have like podiatrists to that focus on that. Sherlock Holmes also does that. Sherlock Holmes is like a jack of all trades. It's true. Well, while they were investigating his home, they also found a receipt from 1984 to Buster Brown's, which is the restaurant where Caroline worked. He's either the biggest pack there ever was, or he's keeping that as a souvenir. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not a coincidence. No. He also had pictures from Super Snaps, which was a store that Wendy worked at during the time of her murder. Mm. So, also something important to note. David had been part of a cycling club and a route that they would take on this club outing was um, through the park where Caroline's body had been dumped. So there's a lot of, I mean, besides the billion to one certainty, there's a lot of coincidence. Mm -hmm. Uh, Quote, quote, what is this? What is this? Italics? Uh, I usually say, like, Quote unquote. Quote unquote with my little gesture of my my hand. Little bunny fingers. Little bunny fingers. Coincidence. Blinking this guy. So let's jump back to the diary thing. Wendy's diary went missing. So this is someone that A. Knew she had a freaking diary. And she clearly had had some kind of encounter with him. Oh, that's what my first thought was. I was like, oh, maybe she's like written about him and that's why he doesn't want that found. And then I was like, oh, maybe it's just a memento. But yeah, that makes sense too. Because if he was stalking her, he went to her place of work. He had contact with her. These guys tend to escalate. Mm -hmm. And I think that he was very nervous and paranoid about what would be said in this diary. When you're committing this crime of passion, you don't have time to sit here and pour through this book either. Mm -hmm. So to err on the side of caution, he takes it. So, parallel to his own life, in his home, while the police are investigating him for their murder, 30-odd years later, they find diary entries of his own, which are detailing roughly 30 stalking, prowlery burglaries that he did over the years. Oh, boy. So he's someone that journals, is an avid writer, journaler, whatever. And I think that was another reason that he was so adamant about taking Wendy's diary, and he lived on the same street as Wendy during that time. Oh, so this evidence clearly links him to both women. However, this is not the most disturbing part of the case While the police were investigating or constables or whatever they're called in England, while they're investigating and going through his home, they find a collection, and in this collection. It's videos, photos, journals, all of which is chronicling him sexually abusing the female corpses in the morgues of the two hospitals that he worked. So these are not Wendy and Caroline's murders. These are separate from when he was in the morgue, when he was working in the morgue of him sexually assaulting corpses. Yeah, it's it's absolutely. When I was reading that, I was just like, I could not, eat, like, I had to read it multiple times because I couldn't fathom. Yeah. That someone would literally go and defile these bodies of these victims for their own perverse pleasure. And I think it's also very important to note that both Wendy and Caroline were sexually assaulted after yeah. their deaths. So clearly we're dealing with a necrophile, mm-hmm. which is the. Lowest of the low. They found videos on mobile phones, more than 100 hard drives, 2,200 floppy disks, 30 SIM cards, 1,300 CDs, DVDs, and 3,400 photographs. So he must have been doing this for a long time. Too long. And I'm sure it was even much longer than anyone thinks. Wow. So I... Saw a picture of all the evidence that they had collected, and it legitimately filled up a room. There are roughly 14 million indecent images in total. One of the mothers of the victims was actually apprehended for trying to kill David Wow! upon learning that he did that to her daughter's body after she had passed away. I guess Ezra had fallen off of a bridge in some freak accident, and when her mom found out, she was... Beyond devastated. Not only do you lose your daughter, but then to find out that someone in this institution that you're supposed to trust did that to her body. And you know what? That, that must be so difficult because you've gone through the grieving process. You know, you've accepted, I mean, you never really move on from that, but you've kind of accepted that they've passed. And then you find out that they're body was defiled Mm -hmm. especially at an institution yes like you pointed out that their best interests are always supposed to be honored even after their death absolutely that's just terrible it is i was i was very disturbed and uh, i can't imagine how that mother must have felt i can't i also watched a video of his interrogation and during that time david refuses to say exactly what he did he just keeps going like oh i admit to the offenses and he will not say like yes i i sexually assaulted these poor bodies like he he is trying to distance himself Mm -hmm. from the act and uh they ask him point blank what he did and he just he says yes like he did it but at that point you really (laughs) care what what, well there's over 14 million Images. You can't argue that. No, that's damning evidence. Yeah, absolutely. However, during that time, he is admitting to sexually assaulting the bodies, but he never admits to murdering these two girls. Mm -hmm. So I just want to give respect to the victims, all of them, Caroline, Wendy, but also the victims in the morgue as well. Those victims were all female, ranging from age nine. Wow. To a Oh my god! And these are just the people that we know about that are on those videos. These victims range from 2008 to 2020. Oh my goodness! However, he was working in the hospitals as an electrician since 1999. Mm-hmm. So, it's very suspicious that there are many more victims besides those that he's actually documented. Mm-hmm. The reason that he even had access to the morgue as an electrician, was that he needed to be able to work on the refrigerators. And um, the morgue staff that were there on, like, day shift would leave at 4 p.m. And the next shift would come in at 7 p.m. So that gave David three hours alone with the victims. So these, the murders of Wendy and Caroline occurred in 1987. Mm -hmm. So this is before he started with the morgue crimes. Absolutely. Wow. So that probably was a big draw for him to work in the hospital setting. He probably like got a taste for it mm-hmm. and then found the best place that he could do it, you know, as, as disgusting as that sounds. Yeah, the where he would have the most access. Mm-hmm. He would enter through the utility room of the morgues, which is ironically, or intentionally, I should say, where they had no cameras. So... He would slip in undetected mm-hmm. leave undetected, and obviously where he was in the morgue, there were no cameras out of respect to the bodies. Mm-hmm. David admitted to looking up the victims on Facebook after he would assault them mm-hmm. he said so that he would enjoy seeing the family's post, saying how much they missed their loved one. He yeah. sounds like such a sick. He is a sick individual, and he likes to revisit and reminisce on these crimes and these women. Mm. They actually, the investigators, they created an operation called Operation Sandpiper in order to help identify victims of David. Um, this cost roughly 2.5 million pounds, and the same software is used to identify victims in natural disasters. Mm. So... There's roughly 150,000 hours of video, which, keep in mind, took computers, which are working 24-7, around 10 months to Mm -hmm. sift through. So far, 82 out of the 102 victims that were recorded have been identified. 102? Oh, my God. However, because how they're identifying people, they're relying on, like, tattoos and scars and et cetera to better help come up with positive IDs. Mm -hmm. However, as we know, there's so far 20 people that have not been able to be identified due to lack of distinctive identifiers. And because of that, unfortunately, there are some names who will never be known. December 15th, 2021, David admitted to the assaults, however, denied the murders. And on November 14th, 2022, about a year ago, He changed his plea from not guilty to guilty. Okay, And received two life sentences for the murders of Wendy and Caroline. I want to just give a little insight into how uh, Wendy and Caroline were described by their loved ones to give them the respect that they deserve. Wendy was described as successful, happy, and independent. She had a significant other named ian that she was engaged to and caroline was lively and trying to find her place in the world well she was only 20 Mm. so david received the two life sentences for both of the girls however he only received 12 years for the mortuary abuse how how long 12 oh my god just nothing nothing over a hundred sexual assaults and he received 12 years for that that's just oh i just wanted to let everyone know that this case showed me that monsters do exist Uh, there's a documentary about this called monster in the morgue Hmm. which i thought was very appropriate very aptly named and um yeah this this was just terrible reading about And watching the videos on men's and the interrogation and all that, just the lack of accountability. David also did plead their version of uh, criminally insane. But, however, he had no history of mental illness, except in 2010, where he felt a little depressed uh, because his likes were hurting him. Okay. So he's not only a necrophile, he's a pedophile. Some Mm -hmm. of these kids were nine years old. Yeah are also assaulting these 100 year old women never mind that they're dead bodies their loved ones, the last Mm -hmm. remains uh, on earth of these people's loved ones i just it was just like i felt disgusting after reading this you know what It's so it's crazy to me because i know like in the in my ear we treat every deceased person with such respect mm-hmm. and dignity like we try to honor honor them you know and family comes in and obviously it's a devastating experience for them and to think that they're brought to the morgue after that and then sexually assaulted at that point by a monster like this guy is just it's it's baffling to me and it's just so it it's kind of incomprehensible to me because mm-hmm. it's just c- complete Disregard for their life, for all their value, you know what I mean? It's just, it's heartbreaking. It It, it is, I agree. And um, I don't blame the mom for wanting to, to hurt David. No. Because he hurt her in a way that a lot of people hopefully cannot understand. And you know what? It's also, it's terrible to think about how after the sexual assault post-mortem took place, they were... Likely released to mm. a funeral home, and their bodies uh, may have been put on, you know, a display at a wake and a funeral. Oh yeah, and for you know, it's just you're seeing their body and you're honoring that body and it's just been tainted. It's just been tainted. So I I I don't know. I I can't even understand that, but I can't imagine. Um. So I just want to give everyone. Some safe space. This was a very emotionally upsetting case. So have a have a nice cup of tea, Mm -hmm. cuddle your cat or your dog or your boyfriend, girlfriend, mom, brother, friend, whoever, and just relax. Yeah, relax, and you know it really does help you recognize that we're very fortunate and uh it's also a little scary because there are people who have no regard for others Mm -mm. and uh there's no respect for the for the dead we're victimized all over Mm -hmm. so just give yourself some little tlc tonight thank you d you did very well delivering that even though that was very upsetting I'm gonna call it. The time is 19.08. Oh, Could not do the math. Could not just do the add math. the number to 12. I, Anyways, on that note, uh, 1908. That's 708 for all you non-military, non-medical folks. Just wanna say good night. Thanks for tuning in. Um, feel free to like, review, rate, subscribe. And we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Bye.